Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the first of a two-part series called The Next Move of God. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick began the message by asking his wife Debbie to come forward and read his text, found in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Then he taught us the three reasons that Jesus should move more in that situation. On this broadcast, he'll bring us the first two of four things God is looking for that will create the next move of God. And now, here's Brother Rick. And I was trying to work for Jesus, and he was wanting to work in me, and I was trying to work for him. And by working for him, well, did not have hindered him working through me. And, and so I went the next day, and I don't advise this because I nearly killed my pastor, but I went the next morning, and I resigned the 10 or 11 positions I held. I, I quit because I wasn't getting no brownie points for it anyhow, so I just quit. And they like, you can't quit. And I'm like, I got to quit because he said I wasn't doing nothing. Listen, when Jesus tells you you ain't doing nothing, just agree with him because you ain't doing nothing. And so I quit all these jobs. And I remember going every day and laying behind the church on my face on the dirt. And this is what I prayed. I know it sounds funny, but I'm just being honest this morning. I prayed, Lord. Listen, I don't care what you tell me, I do it. If you tell me pick bubble gum off the pews, I'll be your number one bubble gum picker of all time. I don't even care. I just want to bring a smile on your face. And I just want to do something that you would find worthy for me to do. And I don't want to do things to try to gain your approval anymore. I'm through with that. And I tell you, I'm still through with that. It's been years. See, I've already got his approval. It's not based on what I've done for him. It's based on what he's done for me. Are you listening to me? You get to heaven, don't try to tell him how impressive you are. That ain't going to work good for you. He's done some good things. Yeah. So what? Now his friend shows up while this crowd's going on, and I got some friends like this. His friend shows up. Look at the friend, because he's a real friend. How many of you know real friends tell you the truth? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. A real friend, they, they tell you. You know, I, I was at a conference one time, and, and I was with some people who told me they were my friends, and y'all know I cried everything. They opened a Dollar General store or whatever, I cried. Can't watch a little house on prairie. I dehydrate. And so I didn't take a handkerchief. I mean, that's like cardinal sin for a guy who cries as much as I do. Somebody give me Kleenexes. Kleenex ain't got it. They, they need to go back to the drawing board. Because if you really cry and you're a man, you got a stubble face, and you try and use Kleenex, you, you have 411 little white knobby things on your face. And all my friends never said a word. And we went out to eat in the middle of this conference. And I'm walking along, looking like Santa Claus. Not a word from a friend. Trying to convince me that friend. How many of you know a real friend that you got something on your nose and it ain't good, Bubba? You know, nobody. I looked in the mirror and I saw all this and I'm thinking, 
Them people ain't my friend. They let me go out in public like this. Real friend tell you the truth. I said, real friend tell you the truth. This friend shows up and says, let me tell you about this guy they're talking about. Don't even trouble yourself. He ain't even worth your trouble. <laughs> he ain't all that. I know him. Don't trouble yourself. Now look at the second thing he tells him. They just tried to convince him. He ain't even worthy of you touching him. I get tickled because people, they try to make you feel good about yourself. I had a couple or a few kids that was in a Paducah school shooting that I mentored. And uh, every time I met with them on Wednesday, the Spirit of God would come on me while I was teaching because I got a gift to teach. And they got, they got a little carried away. And they said to my daughter, Tate, they said, what is it like to live with Rick every day? Now, how many of you know my daughter? She was born without a filter. And we've tried for almost 40 years to put one on her, but she still don't have one. And we used to have to threaten her with her life when we take her places. If you tell any family secrets, you're not coming back home. We're sending you express to Jesus because she would just blurt out. And so when they asked this question, she said, well, I can tell you one thing. It ain't that much. She said, y'all do know his feet stink, don't you? And then she come home to me and she said, Dad, you need to quit acting so spiritual because these people are buying into it. And you and I both know better. <laughs> we know what you really like right here. <laughs> I'm pulling out my wallet to bribe her. But anyway, real friend ain't going to cut you no slack. He says, listen, this guy ain't worth your trouble, and he ain't worthy of your touch. Now look at the next thing he tells him. He said, he ain't even worthy to come to you to begin with. Nor you to go to him. How many of you know there's something about realizing what you're not that draws Jesus to be who he is? You hear what I said? There's something about realizing what you're not that draws him to be who he is. And here's here's what I can tell you about my friend. He said, he understands authority and submission. He ain't worthy for you to touch. He ain't worthy for you to come. He ain't worthy to come here. But he understands authority and submission. His friend was being honest. He knew the good qualities. He knew the worthless things. He said he understands submission and authority. Because he himself is in authority and under submission. How many of you know that you can't have authority greater than you have submission to authority? I'm going to say it again because you need to hear this. You can't have authority greater than you have submission to authority. It always is parallel. If you're not under authority, you certainly don't need to be in authority. Here's, here's the next thing he said. And he also understands the power of a spoken word. Because, see, he can say to one, come, and he comes. He can say to another, go, and he goes. And he said, listen, you don't need to, you don't need to be over this place. Because <laughs> he understands how this thing works. <laughs> he understands all you got to do, Jesus, is just utter Boy, when we come to understanding that it's not a touch of his hand we need. Listen to me. We pray things that we, we better not get the answer. Oh, God, just lay your hand on me. Listen, if God laid his hand on you, you'd just be a little greasy. You realize the power of his touch. <laughs> He'd look your way and you're unconscious for a while. Imagine him actually touching you. 
He said, listen, he don't need you to come over. He don't need you to go over all these things and go through this rigmarole. All he needs to do is hear you speak a word. See, that's what you really need right now. You just need a word from God in your situation. It'll change everything else in your life. One single word from God. Now, Jesus is walking with the crowd, so therefore they think he's in agreement to everything they're saying. <laughs> we know the story because Debbie read it. The Lord said, just tell him, servant is whole. We read on, we find out his servant's healed that very hour. Because God, attention was gained by something. But I want to draw this knot a little bit tighter. What will precipitate the next move of God in your life or mine? What's going to make Jesus speak our direction or our deliverance and walk in our direction? What is he looking for? What will precipitate the next move of God. See, we here's the thing about a move of God. It only ministered you where you're at in a situation to more you find yourself in need of another move of God. Because you got another problem, and sometimes it's worse than one you had. And you need God to move for you again. What is he looking for, and what will cause him to move? That's the third part of the story. Go ahead and put it up. See, the next move of God will not be manipulated by your scheme, but it'll be because of your integrity. See, I believe God's purifying the church right now. It's not, will Jesus bless me? The question is, am I blessable? (laughs) And am I walking in integrity? Or do I have an image of what I think moves the hand of God? See, listen to me. Jesus knows who you are. He's not trying to figure you out. You're trying to figure you out. Integrity means it's integrated in every area of my life. I am who I am, where I am, no matter who I'm with. I'm still that guy. Integrity is like putting Kool-Aid in water. It's in every molecule of the water. You can't separate it. And so many people don't have integrity. They have an image. Listen to me. You got to have more than an image that you show up on Sunday acting like you saved. If you're going to get Jesus to move in this place on a continual basis, you're going to have to do it. Give me some water. I don't want to be a dry preacher. I want you to get a hold of what I'm saying. Are you hearing me? Integrity and character. I love what it says in Psalm 72 about David. Clay was mentioning David this morning. I prayed him off my message. But David went through all these stages, but at the end, here's what God said about him. I brought you out of the sheepfold because I had some sheep for you to shepherd. With the integrity of your heart and the skill of your hand. Does integrity matter? Integrity is all that matters. Because God ain't trying to figure you out. He knows who you are. Integrity is the basis to experience a move of God. I want to live my life in such a way that God can move uninterrupted. This is what God's looking for. Look at the next thing. Not only integrity and character, but he's looking for kindness. How many of you know we need to learn how to be kind? I said we need to learn how to just be kind. Be kind to people. 
Last night we went out to eat, and there was a young boy named Cameron that waited on us. He he was a precious little fella. He told us it's the first time I've ever served anybody. It's my first rattle out of the box. So I said, well, you're doing really good. Debbie gave him a fist bump, and the little boy almost passed out. He didn't know anybody over 60 even understood what a fist bump was. He, he like freaked clean out, didn't he, Donald? He was like, yeah! He, he screamed out. He was getting all radical. Just being kind. And there's something about the kindness of God, Titus 3 tells us, that brought us to a place of repentance because he didn't do what we deserved. He was kind to us in our moment of vulnerability. He was kind. It's the kindness of God that will bring people to repentance. We just need to be kind. And it's so hard sometimes for us to be kind because we're so self-centered. We think the whole world's revolving around us. Isn't that the truth? What's God looking for? He's looking for integrity and character. He's looking for kindness. Let's look at the third thing he's looking for. Because the next move of God will be built on faith. That's why we've been doing a series on daring faith. How many of you know you got to believe? Just believe. Did you know the whole world went upside down when Adam and Eve went? <laughs> God had told them something and they went like it. Did you know when you was living in sin, that's basically what you're doing? Let's practice our old life for a minute. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what it is. I believe I can beat this. And you went off in your ignorance. People trying to tell you stuff. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.